It is that time now once again For getting lumped up with my friends It's rock a mic And Rob that you should know And you'll find them here on the rock show Hey, Rob. Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing today? Good. How are you, buddy? Pretty damn good. Um, So, today we're doing a very special show on another Sunday. It's another rock show. And um, I got Rock and Mike here, and I'm Rob Rossi. And we're about to take you to a journey in magical music of the Talking Head Rock Show, episode 137, and... Mike, I remember watching these guys had some of the most incredible videos ever at that time. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the videos definitely propelled them to stardom. Uh, absolutely. Uh, once in a lifetime, that video is considered one of the greatest videos that, you know ever made, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my you God. Know, and, uh, and I think the movie, Stop Making Sense, you know, really was, was their peak. Okay. Um, Did you see the Broadway play was on uh, HBO uh, Max? It was I have good. I have not seen that. It's on HBO Max. It's on HBO Max. And I'll try to it's watch fantastic. that tonight. Yeah, I'll try to watch that tonight. That was uh, not too long ago, right? It was on. Nah, Broadway. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, he was doing the play, and then they recorded for uh, HBO Max. Uh, HBO Max uh, special, and yeah. it's pretty the entire play that's on Broadway. They, they got the whole show, so they even got to go see it. And it was pretty good. It's a lot of the music that you know, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I'm just going to say off the bat, the Talking Heads are one of the weirdest bands to ever really make it big, <laughs> I think. Okay? Uh, they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Not that that means anything, but it, 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 they, they are, you know, one of the biggest bands of all time. And they really, to me, uh, you know, they're just so different so unique in some ways there's some stuff from them i absolutely hate okay yeah but 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 the majority of their music especially the hits they had i really like um you know they, they were very unpredictable which I, I think that's good for a band uh in in a sense that you never knew there's something about their music that that's like kind of leaves you a little uneasy you know yeah. You know, he, you know, David Burns kind of like this nerdy guy, but 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 he's not. You know, he's kind of like a psycho. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And and you know, the rest Mike, of them. You know are, what's the name of the show, real quick? It's David Burns' American Utopia. American Utopia. Yeah, it's a lot of Talking Heads music in it, right? Oh, it's fantastic. It's yeah. great. It's like it's it's probably like an hour change, but if you like, like if you like uh, Talking Heads and you watch this, it's pretty amazing. The, just the way they play the music and the mm -hmm. different people singing, it's pretty it's, cool. It, it, the other band members aren't involved, though, right? No, it's, it's just... like it's like oh, it's like him and some some background singers. Yeah, stuff. yeah, because they have a lot of you know, there's a lot of bad blood there. They're, they're supposedly never getting back together. Um, mm. So basically, the history is this: um, in 1973. Uh, Rhode Island School of Design students David Byrne, who played guitar and sang, and Chris France, who played drums, formed a short-lived band called The Artistics. Okay, 
Now, Tina Weymouth and France were boyfriend and girlfriend, okay? And Tina used to provide the transportation for the autistic. She used to drive them to gigs. Now, that band didn't last long. Uh, it lasted about a year. And in 1974, the three of them moved down to New York City. And they were living all together in a loft down on the Lower East Side, okay? Uh, and you know how the city was 1974. Um, yeah. They wanted to put a band together right away. Uh, they began looking for a bass player to start a new band. And when they were unable to find one, Tina took over the role. She decided to learn bass. Now, Chris France encouraged Tina to learn how to play bass by listening to Susie Quattro records. Yep. All right. And Byrne, this, this made me laugh, Byrne made her audition three times before joining the band. That was like her friend. They were like friends. Okay. You know, so he had to get it right. Three times he, 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 they, they, they checked her out. She was good enough to get in. I now, think that was pretty funny, man. That, that is funny. And I, I, I think it kind of shows to what kind of character David Byrne is. Okay. Now, the band played their first gig on June 5th, 1975 at CBGB's down on the Bowery. And they were opening for the Ramones. The name Talking Heads came from an issue of the TV Guide, which explained a term used by TV studios to describe a head and shoulder shot of a person talking as like all content, no action. Okay. So, you know, you, you Almost heard, you like heard, a newscaster. Kind of like a newscaster or, 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 you know, somebody like a talking head, like on 60 Minutes, you know, something like that. ESPN. Okay. ESPN, exactly. So the name, the name, it stuck. It was a good fit. And, and later that year, demos for CBS, but no contract came out of that. It, was, it, it, didn't, it didn't make a contract for them. However, over their first year of playing live at CBGB's, they drew a rabid following in this new kind of burgeoning punk scene that was starting there. You know, the Talking Heads were just as much in the beginning there as Blondie, the Ramones, Richard Hell, you know. Uh, the Dead Boys came in 77. Uh, you know, all the, the these early guys, the Talking Heads were right there, okay? Yeah, but you know what the problem with the Talking Head wasn't really, like, punk or anything. No. Well, well, that's the that's the... You know, that, that's the thing that I think is beautiful about the New York scene, okay, at that time, where the British scene in 76, 77, everybody pretty much, you know, there was some differences, but, but more or less it was cookie-cutter kind of stuff, okay? Not that that's necessarily bad either. There were some great British bands. But the, the American scene out of New York, mostly out of CBGB's and, and, and Max's Kansas City as well, um, everybody was a little different. The, you know, the Talking Heads never called themselves a punk band. They they had some influences, okay? The Talking Heads actually loved the Ramones. Oh, yeah. And you, you couldn't what? have two more different bands. I hate to say this, but you know what? I consider the Talking Head, and I, I put them in this category all the time. To me, they were New Wave. Well, they were like yeah, that New Wave sound. That but they preceded New Wave. Of Jango. Yeah, but... But they were there before New Wave. Like they were the first former New Wave. Kind of. 
a lot of people copy later on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they they weren't as uh, you could say as aggressive as you know the Ramones or the Dead Boys or you know some of the punk stuff that really came out of that. They they weren't like that at all. They no. they were more like they, they they remind me of like you know art school kids. Okay, you know, kind of like making this music that was different, pop oriented, but you know they would get into making all kinds of different beats and rhythms in the music, and it led to you know they're one of these bands that what they did definitely would be considered new wave by 78 79 okay you had that new wave genre okay but also even hip-hop okay and and early you know some of the stuff they were doing with african beats and stuff was was nobody was doing that the brian eno records when brian eno was producing yeah okay so before all that okay um they had this rabid following that was developing out of CBGBs and Sire records picked up on that. And Sire had signed the Ramones and, and, uh, uh, you know, several other bands at that time. Uh, that was in November of 1976. They, they signed with Sire. They ended up releasing their first single in February of 77. It was called love goes to building on fire. Okay. And the B side was a song called new feeling. In uh, March of 77, they added Jack, uh, Jerry Harrison, okay, who was formerly part of Jonathan Richmond's band, The Modern Lovers. Remember that connection when we did the show? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was brought in to play keyboards, guitar, and he could sing as well. He did some backing vocals. Now, the first Talking Heads album, which was called Talking Heads 77, received critical acclaim and produced their first charting single, which was called Psycho Killer, which to me is, I guess, my favorite song from them. Okay? I love that song. I always yeah. thought that song should have been an American Psycho. I do, too. It would have been cool to maybe instead of Susudio in that scene, yeah. to, have to have Psycho Killer, you know? That's true. Now, it reached number 92 in the top 100, uh, so it, it actually charted that song. Now, over the years, that's become... One of their most memorable songs. Still played on the radio. You'll still hear it in the bars. It's always, yeah. you know, a popular song. Uh, and it's got that just catchy driving bass line in the beginning. You know, you know it as soon as you hear it. Now, also, that song, when it came out in 77, people thought it was about the Son of Sam. <laughs> okay. I mean, Son of Sam in 77 was out there killing people in, in New York City. Uh you know, and he was terrifying people. And then they come out with a song called Psycho Killer. But actually, the song was written a few years earlier in 1974. And they had performed a variation of it when they were the Autistics. Okay, so it was an older song. Now, Tony Bongiovi, uh, Lance Quinn, and the Talking Heads themselves produced this first album, which peaked at number 97 in the USA. Did a little bit better in the UK. It got to number 60. They always did very well in the UK. They would even do much better than that later on. Now, other strong tracks on the album uh, that I like are Uh-Oh, Love Comes to Town, then Happy Day, and yeah. Don't wor don't Worry About the Government, Riding High. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. Now, now, Riding High on this somewhat successful album, Tina Weymouth and Chris Franz got married 
in that year, in 1977 as well. And I believe they're still married to this day. Um, 1978, the next album would be more songs about buildings and food. Now, that was the Talking Heads' first collaboration with Brian Eno. Eno had picked up on them and wanted to produce them. So he had, you know, Brian Eno is a legend. I mean, he worked with, he was in Roxy yeah. Music. He, he produced Bowie, John Cale, Robert Fripp. Uh, you know, his style meshed very well with the Talking Heads' artistic sensibilities. All right, so they, they kind of really clicked. And they began to experiment in a wide range of musical directions from what would be called post-punk to psychedelic funk to African music influenced mostly by Parliament Funkadelic, okay, and uh, Nigerian musician Fela Kuti, okay? Now, if you listen to Fela Kuti, you could see how the Talking Heads got some of their stuff, okay? If, you, if, you're, not, if you're not familiar with Fela Kuti, uh, and I'm not an authority on the guy at all. I know he, he passed away a while back. Uh, he was a Nigerian band leader uh, and really was very, very popular in world music. So uh, it was kind of interesting that they would pick him as an influence, okay? And I think Brian Eno was the one that showed them this kind of stuff, okay? The album was recorded and would establish the band with uh, Compass Point Studios in Nassau in the Bahamas. That's where they would record a lot of stuff. Now, more songs about buildings and food included the cover of Al Green's song, Take Me to the River. Yep. Uh, and that's the song that really broke the band, Rob. Okay, it wasn't Psycho Killer. Okay, uh, Take Me to the River actually went top 30. Okay, and was played on rock stations and, and modern rock stations and things like that. They kind of had both genres locked in. Yeah, I and, remember listening to that. Yeah, you used to hear that on the radio a lot. Yeah, and that's not, it's, it's a cover. That's by Al Green. Yeah. So that's the song that kind of broke them into the public consciousness. Now, Eno uh, would continue collaborating with them in 1979 on the album Fear of Music. Um this is a darker record, and I yeah. like it a lot. Uh, it's it's kind of like it's the last with the stylings of post punk mixed with funk, and and kind of like subliminal messages of of political things, political instability in the world. Okay, things like that. Very kind of like you have to pay attention to. It's an interesting record. Yeah. Uh, the hit single off this album was was one of my favorite songs by them, Life During Wartime. Yeah. Okay. Very and good uh, yeah, and it also pre- that that's the song that got the phrase, this ain't no party, this ain't no disco, this ain't yeah. no fooling around. Okay. <laughs> and he meant he mentioned CBGBs and the Mud Club and places like that in the song. Now, in the 1980s, uh, I'm sorry, in 1980, uh, Remain in Light was the next record and that was heavily influenced by Fela Kuti once again okay the Nigerian band leader um it explored a lot of West African polyrhythms uh what's a polyrhythm well that's when you have two or more rhythms that are totally not based on each other going on at the same time okay 
So it's it's very interesting sounding stuff. Uh, it's weaved together with what would be Arabic music, North African disco and funk, all kind of mixed in. Okay, and later David would become very interested in world music, which he would have a successful solo career doing. Um, in order to perform these more complex arrangements, the Talking Heads toured with musicians Adrian Ballou and Bernie Worrell, among others. Uh, first, they performed at the Heatwave Festival in August of 1980, and then later in the concert film Stop Making Sense. These, these guys, Adrian Ballou and, and Bernie Worrell, would be in the movie. Now, during this period, Tina Weymouth and Chris France started a commercially successful side project that was called the Tom Tom Club. And they had a hit with that song, Genius of Love. Yep. Okay. You know that song. Uh, yeah. Mariah, Mariah Carey ripped it off and had a paint. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Now, Jerry Harrison was putting out a solo record at that time, his first solo record. It was called The Red and the Black. And Byrne and Brian Eno released an album together called My Life in the Bush of Ghosts. And it was an album of what would really be world music uh, and featured many kind of like international guest musicians on it. Uh, it had some post-punk sounds to it. Uh, but all, you know, all of these side projects that were being done were put out by Sire Records. So they kind of went on, you know, a little bit of a break there but you know they, they put out some material uh they've always been prolific at least at that point in their careers um the hit single that was off of remain of remain in light was the song once in a lifetime yeah that was a okay good and you know that went top 20 in the uk but it didn't do nothing here okay but what happened was they they made a video for it and it slowly over time, just a matter of a couple of years, uh, maybe even less than that. It might have been. I mean, that came out. Uh, Remain in Light came out in 1980. MTV started in 81. Okay, yeah. so they made that video probably around 81 or so, I think. And uh, maybe 82. Or maybe, they, they, you know, they might have had it made in 81. But well, by 80... That, that video was on MTV every few minutes. Like every... Yeah. I won the hour. That video, yeah. come on. You know, and you know, same as it ever was. Same, same as, as it ever was. was. Hitting himself in the head. And, you know, it's like, and, yeah, right, right. And, 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 you know, it, it was just off the wall, crazy, uh, totally unique. And over time, it really kind of like became a song that, uh, you know, an anthem for them. Okay, that's, that's what people recognized. And Psycho Killer became that as well in time. So, yeah. you know, it really like they, they were really becoming part of the public conscience now. Yeah. Now, because even that's the video for Burning Down the House also was another one. Oh, that, yeah. Well, that, that went man, top was 10. On rotation. That, that went top 10. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Now, after releasing these four albums in just under four years, the group went into a self imposed hiatus. And they would wait about three years. Okay, before putting out another Talking Heads record, uh, Chris France and Tina continued with their Tom Tom Club side project uh, to hold things off for their fans. They released a live album called The Name of This Band is The Talking Heads. And they did a U.S. and European tour. So they weren't putting out new stuff 
other than the Tom Tom Club side project, but you know, a live album and doing a little touring. Uh, and when they did tour in the U.S. and in, in Europe, they were part of an it was an eight piece group. OK, they had back uh, two two beautiful black girl backup singers. Uh, they had, um, you know, several additional musicians, percussionists, people like that. And then you had the four of them in the band. All right. Now, uh, they also parted ways at that time with Brian Eno. OK, uh, he went on to produce U2 at the time. I'm thinking it might. I, I don't remember which album that was. It might have been Boy or o- October or War. One yeah. of those very early U2 records. Um, then in 1983, you saw the release of Speaking in Tongues. OK, and that was the uh, a big commercial breakthrough for them. OK, and it gave them their only American top 10 hit burning down the house like you just mentioned yeah and and of course it was a very popular video and it was on mtv about every 15 minutes back in those days okay uh this was you know i'll just mention uh this was when i kind of got interested in them um i knew psycho killer i think i knew once in a lifetime i knew life during wartime these were songs that you might hear on the radio okay but when Burning Down the House came out, I picked up Speaking in Tongues. And I was just about 14 at the time. It was a good album. And, and I thought it was, it was fucking great. I, I said, this is, this is such a different kind of thing. There's nothing like this going on. Okay? It was a mix of what would be New Wave with these different rhythms. It, it, it just, it, I don't know, I liked it. And uh, then they came out with the movie. All right. And that, you know, after the tour, it was the whole, well, the tour itself actually that they did was documented by Jonathan Demi, who was the director. And that became the stop making sense movie. Okay. Which would also, they would release a live album based on the film. Okay. And, uh, this tour was technically the speaking in tongues tour, even though they called it stop making sense. And that would be their last tour, all right? Even though they did release some more material, okay? That would be their last tour. Now, I was lucky you enough... You see that whole thing where he interviewed himself, that weird thing? I don't know. Did I? Maybe. What, what does he do? He interviews himself. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. It was so fucking weird. Like, you it is. Anything like that. <laughs> I did, you know, I saw that a long time ago, and I forgot about it when I was researching for this. I should have put it on, but uh, it's on. It's on YouTube, right? Yeah, because he's he's kind of David Byrne was always like a special fucking walnut. Yeah, special head case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely was, and and is okay. Uh, I got to see them one time, okay, and it was my fourteenth birthday. In 1983, at the Forest Hills Stadium in Queens. Wow! All right, and it's the only show that I ever saw at Forest Hills Stadium. They have they closed it for many years. It was crumbling, and now they fixed it up, and they've had some shows. Uh, I know the Dropkick Murphys recently came through with Rancid. Uh, a bunch of other people recently came through. I haven't been there yet. Have you, have you been there since they no. reopened it? No. Okay, so. Uh, I have to get there because it was always a cool place. I mean, the one time I was there, I thought it was very cool. But I think they, they fixed it up. Um, what a live show it was. I, I, I can't 
you know, I, I remember a lot of it. And it was very much like what you saw in the movie. Okay, the, the arrangements of the songs, him running around the stage and, you know, just dancing funny, the big suit, you know, all that. Okay, <laughs> you know, during the song, Girlfriend is Better when he's in the big suit. I mean, it's just hilarious. Okay, <laughs> now, uh, there would be more studio albums after this. They would come out in 1985 with Little Creatures. Mm-hmm. And that, that would have, out. yeah, that would have the songs uh, And She Was. Yep. And wrote and Road to Nowhere. Those were the two singles and videos that were popular. I love Road uh, to Nowhere. Very good. Yeah, that's that's where he's like running in place, right mm-hmm. on the Road to Nowhere. And then uh, remember the song "Stay Up Late" mm-hmm. with the talking about the little baby. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know those are memorable tracks off Little Creatures. Um, 1986's "True Stories" had the hit "Wild Wild Life." Okay, and, and wild, that was wild. yeah. That was another popular video. It had John Goodman in it. Remember? Mm-hmm. He, he was in the yep. movie as well. Uh, True Stories was a movie. Not a very good movie. Didn't do too, go, do too well. Uh, but it was kind of like uh, a musical comedy in a way. Okay? The band was in it. Okay? But it was this song, Wild Wild Life, that was a big hit off, of, off the album. Um, in 1988, they would come out with the album Naked, which really was a bit of a throwback, okay? Uh, it wasn't very pop-oriented, didn't do very well, uh, you know, commercially. It kind of went back to the sound of Remain in Light, all right, with a lot of African rhythms uh, and a lot of political themes in the songs. Uh, now, after the release of Naked, the band then went on another hiatus, okay? And... Earlier in 87, uh, David Byrne, actually the whole band actually, released a book, okay? David Byrne, I believe, gets credit for the writing of it. I'm I'm not positive. I believe so. Uh, It was called What the Songs Look Like, Contemporary Talking Head Songs. And it contained artwork by some of New York's top visual artists of the decade. Very popular coffee table book at the time. Um, Later in 1991, in December of that year, the Talking Heads announced that they disbanded. That was it. Okay. And uh, Chris France said that he learned that Byrne had left the band by reading it in the paper. Okay. You know, it was actually in the L.A. Times he was reading and Byrne had left the band. And as far as the rest of the band was concerned, they really didn't break up. It's just David just decided to leave. And that was the end of it. Okay. Now, they would release a final song that year called Sax and Violins. And it appeared on the soundtrack to the German sci-fi film Until the End of the World that came out earlier that year in 91. <clears throat> um, David Byrne would go off to a very lucrative solo career in world music. And uh, that began with an album released in 1989 called Ray Momo that did very well. Uh, that actually got some airplay on MTV. There was a video. There was, you know, uh, he toured the world, places like that. Um, and there was also an album in 1991 he released called The Forest. Um, and he continues making music to today. He hasn't done much in the last few years, but uh, other than the, he was involved with the Broadway play you mentioned, right? Yeah, the Broadway play, but um, 
it was pretty unique that um did he sue his band members to get the rights to the albums to the songs you know i i i don't know okay what the exactly with with the rights to the talking heads music um there were lawsuits involved with them what would happen is after they broke up the the you know, the Tom Tom Club and Jerry Harrison continued to make some albums going on in, into the early 90s. But yeah. they they also toured without Burn. The called their, the Shrunken Heads. The Shrunken Heads, right. <laughs> and then in 96, they released an album called No Talking, Just Head yeah. under the name The Heads. All right. And that album featured a whole bunch of guest vocalists, okay? Debbie Harry, Jeanette Napolitano from Concrete Blonde, yeah. Andy Partridge from XTC, Gordon Gano of, of Violent Femmes, Richard Hell sings a song, uh, Michael Hutchinson of In Excess sings a song. Uh, the album, they toured it as the heads, and Jeanette Napolitano was the, was the lead singer on the tour, okay? But at that point, Byrne, David Byrne, put a, a, a stop to it. There was a, there was a legal stop. He, he, he took action to prevent the band using that name, The Heads, because he said he saw it as a pretty obvious attempt to cash in on the Talking Heads name. Yeah. Okay, so I, I you know, I, I guess it was. Okay, I, I don't know. You know, I guess he probably wrote a lot of the songs, okay? You know, or at least he gets the writing credit, so it's like... You know, to tour with other people is a problem. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and and there was a lot of bad blood for many years between them. Okay. Uh, Jerry Harrison would go on to produce a lot of people. He kind of yeah, got man. out. He, the, he, he got out of the right and fame. The the the, 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 the fine young cannibal. cannibals. Yeah. Crash, crash test dummies. Yeah. Uh, you know, he even produced a No Doubt song called New that's wow. on their album Return to Saturn. Okay. So he started getting involved with that. Now, Chris France and, uh, and Tina Weymouth would produce the Happy Mondays and Ziggy Marley. Yeah. All right. And they would still occasionally do some Tom Tom Club stuff. Okay. Now, March 18th, 2002, the Talking Heads reunited for one time only, really, which would yeah. be the last time ever, uh, to perform the songs Life During Wartime, Psycho Killer, and Burning Down the House at the ceremony to induct them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, however, since then, there's really no chance of a reunion because Byrne claims there's too much bad blood and also they are, like, way apart as far as, you know, what they like musically. Okay, he claims they're miles apart musically. And Tina Weymouth says that, you know, he's incapable of, of, of returning friendship. Okay, they were close friends for many years and they're not anymore. And they say he's a cold hearted person. Okay, so unfortunately, there's still a lot of bad blood there. So you won't uh, you won't see any talking heads reunion shows anytime soon. You never know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe in the next couple of years it could happen. You know? Yeah, it could. But man, what an interesting, what an interesting history. And that's it. it that yeah, I, I, like I said in the beginning, I think they're one of the strangest and most 
interesting, you know, bands to really make it, okay, uh, into the mainstream. You know, had they, had things been different, you know, had they come 10 years later, yeah, okay, or even five years earlier, you know, they would not have made it that way. They, they, they came at a, a, a perfect time. You know, they started in 75, like I said, and I think it was June, right? I think I believe yeah. in in the summer of seventy five at CBGB's, Hilly Crystal, the owner of the club, had decided to do a it was a, a couple of weeks long festival showcasing all the the new music that was being played there, the new bands, okay, and. Uh, they didn't call it punk yet. I think it was just starting to be used. Uh, you know, it just was kind of, they didn't use the word new wave. It just was like a new wave. They didn't say new wave in the genre sense. You know, it was like a new wave of music, they called it. And a lot of critics from the major publications, Rolling Stone, stuff like that, were down there on the Bowery catching these shows. Patti Smith was, was spotlighted. The Ramones was spotlighted. The talking heads, and that's my point. They were spotlighted, okay? And, you know, had they not come at that time, they might not have had the exposure that they needed, all right? And, and they were always loved by the critics. So I always kind of look point to, especially when it comes to the talking heads and, and even the Ramones to some degree because they were not signed yet in 75. And Sire Records was paying attention to what was going on at that CBGB's festival. So they would get interest to the Ramones too, as well. And, and, and Sire was, would, 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 would uh, sign several bands. Tough Darts, I believe was signed to Sire, I think. Okay. And several others. Okay. Um, you know, it just was like being in the right place at the right time, you know? Mike, you know what I can tell you? And I really believe this. And What's I, that? You know, I, I think, David Byrne could have bring out those albums by himself. He would have been popular. He didn't even need to talk ahead. I, I think that's how he thought after a while. I just hate okay. to... I, I well, well, you know, I, you know, a band is a band, and everybody inputs, okay, has input. Uh, but the interesting thing about the talking heads is, you know, who'd you think of? When you thought of the talking heads, you didn't you, think of you, the other. Well, you, you didn't really think work. of the others too much. You know, no. he kind of overshadowed them, and that was becoming. By the time they made it, with "Stop Making Sense" and "Burning Down the House" and stuff like that, he really was the face of the band. And I guess he just figured I could go do this by myself. I wrote the songs. I could go do it. You know, and it, you know, lead singer syndrome. You know, it's, it's, it, it, I'm not going to shoot it down, but, you know, the, the rest of the band unfortunately suffered from it. I mean, I, I'm sure if they would, you know, if he called them and say, hey, let's get the band back together today, I think they would do it. Oh, yeah. You know that um, the Talking Heads are up there considered as one of the top 100 greatest stars of all time, um, recording stars? By who? Rolling Stone magazine. Rolling Stone said that. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Top one hundred? No, they they they're the one hundred. 
Oh, they're at number 100. They're at number 100. Um, yes. I, I, I think because, you know, of course I could probably think of 99 other bands that should be there, but, but you know. Uh, but I think that's something they deserve. I, can see I think that's fair. I think it's fair. One of the top, especially for the last couple of years. Yeah, I, and, I give it to them. I give it to them. Just in uniqueness alone. Yeah, they were fucking weird, dude. Fuck that. Fucking weird. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Fucking weird, you know? They were fucking weird. When yeah. I first saw weird people on my TV, I'm like, these guys are musicians? But you, but you couldn't. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, as a kid, you know, as a teenager, and I was, you know, discovering all kinds of music and, and, and really into it, you know, you, you couldn't take your eyes off him. You know, he was weird. He was like a, a nerdy, a nerdy guy that was kind of crazy, and 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 there was really <laughs> nothing like that. You know what I mean? You know, he, he he was like beyond nerd. He was like an uber nerd. You know, yeah. he's a, <laughs> with his dance on the screen and just this, what he, come he on when he, when he put that big suit on oh and, st- and started dancing. Okay, and shaking <laughs> it like it, like moving like a snake. That was fucking funny, man. It's still yeah. funny. I watched I watched Stop Making Sense, you know, in preparing for the show. I hadn't seen it in a long time. And it, I cracked up when I saw it. I just started laughing because it always makes me laugh. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's good stuff, man. It's it, it is. It's enjoyable. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Well, so, yeah, well, when he started dancing like that, I find that it's funny. To me, it's funny. It is funny. You know, and I... You, and, 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 you know, I had a buddy of mine, he was much older than me, that I used to work with, and he wasn't into, like, anything like that, you know, any kind of, like, you know, new wave, punky kind of shit. He wasn't into any of that. And, and he said to me one day, he surprised me, he goes, you know what band I love? And I said, what? He goes, the Talking Heads. And I looked at him, I went, get the fuck out of here. He goes, he goes that movie, Stop Making Sense, is one of my favorite movies, he said. And I was I was surprised. It, it, they they appealed to, you know, all kinds of people. And look, you, you still hear them on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Forty years later, okay. That's what I'm saying. They're definitely they 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 were the 100 band. And then, you know, I'll give it. I'll, 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 I won't. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. I'll give it to them. Like I said, just just for uniqueness alone, okay. You know, and like I said, I have they, they got some songs that I just don't like. Okay, yeah. but but they have some songs that I love too. So you know, you got you got to give it to them. They're that weird band. You got like a weird love hate relationship with them because they're just that band. Yeah, you know, but always interesting. Yeah, always interesting. All right, Mike. So another fantastic show. Um, Thank you. Another one in the bags. Um, so where can people reach you out? Where can they find you? Okay, uh, you can always find me um, on Instagram, RockerMike212, RockerMike212. Uh, you could find me on CloutHub and MeWe under RockerMike. You could find me um, on Facebook under RockoMike, RockoMike. And, of course, the, the Facebook um, group page we have called the Rock Show Podcast group page. And uh, that's been doing very well. And, and you could always see what's going on with the podcast there. We, we post them there every week. Sounds How about you? Good, Mike. And you can reach out to me at anything getting lumped up. 
You can hit me on my email, Rob Rossi. I'm getting lumped up if there's any idea and stuff. And we and Mike are also looking for some sponsors. So we got a great deal for people that want to be sponsor the show. We got uh, yeah. we'll put you in the beginning. We'll put you in a segment, but we will promote your stuff up there. Uh, we do we'll a do a commercial for you. <laughs> yeah, just tell us what you have or send us a sample of your product and we'll talk about it. We'll use it. Yeah. We'll yeah. Now we, we are we are we are top two hundred on Apple Podcasts. We've been doing very well. Uh doing very well overseas as well. So if you have anything you want to promote, let us know and we'll we'll talk about it. Especially new bands. You want to promote your shortest. That's stuff, true we'll too. Yes. Uh, and I've been getting I've been getting a lot of music sent to me. Um you know, and I appreciate all that. Uh, if I don't get back to you right away, I'm just very busy, but I will. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of bands that have sent me things over the last year, and we've managed to interview them or, you know, give out information regarding uh, regarding them. Uh, I thank you all for doing that. Keep doing that. And, uh, you know, we're all about new music, too. I talk a lot, a lot about old bands, but... <laughs> You know, I'm always looking at new music as well. So that's all I got for you today, Mr. Rossi. Mike, you know what I was going to bring up to you while What's you were Charlie Watts? What do you think about Kiss canceling the show because um, Paul Stanley tested positive for COVID? Hey, well, you know, this is the world we live in, man. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it is. It's fucking crazy. I mean, you know, wasn't he fully vaccinated too? I think so. I think he got it, but you know what? Some people like some people get it even fully vaccinated, they don't get it as bad. But yeah. you get some symptoms. Like you might just have like a headache, or you might just, or you might just feel fatigue. Well, look, you know, a, a guy, a guy in his seventies, okay, and who's about seventy now, right? Isn't Paul Stanley about seventy? Yeah, he got to be up to sixty-nine, maybe. I yeah, think he's, I think he's, I think he's seventy if he's not already seventy, uh, seventy-one. You know, got to be careful. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, they got costumes on, they look cool, they got their wigs on and all that shit. Uh, you know, they're old they're old guys. And they, they're 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 not immortal. So I don't have a problem with them canceling shit. They'll get back on the road. It's supposed to be I, I think I heard that, you know, there's some controversy we'll get into it maybe in another show. But, you know, Ace is pissed off, you know, he went off on Gene recently and you know, in, in in the in the papers, you know, in the media, and uh, you know, basically, he he's he's he, if they do this last tour, he might do one show or something like that. It's all kind of like up in the air. You want to hear something funny? He was just on Channel Eleven News with um, his art. He, you know, Gene. He's, he Gene Simmons. He paints. He paints. And- yeah. And he used like some special art with his tongue also to paint that. Oh that, shit! Really? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. The guy's out of his mind. <laughs> he really is. He really is. All right, Mike. So let's end the show with um, "Don't Get Drunk, Get Lumped Up." See you next week. Take care, people. Podcast you will hear that will be music to your ears. You'll learn about bands you love or may not know, and it's only here on the rock show.
all your friends and everyone you know. Let's get lumped up on the rock show.